invite you, if you would, to take a Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We're continuing our journey through the Sermon on the Mount, and we're, we're nearing the end. We're nearing the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and then this summer we're going to be in the book of Proverbs, talking about what the wise life um, looks like. Page 685. Now, I'm mindful of the time. I, I, I wasn't always a preacher. I used to just be a normal church member like you who walked in this morning with the smell of barbecue. And um, so I will, uh, I'll be kind and compa- compassionate and brief in my comments today. Everybody says, we'll see about that. Matthew... Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to start reading in verse 12. Jesus says, So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a lot of ways in which my children are growing up differently than I grew up. A lot, a lot of different ways. And, and one of them is I grew up in a more rural area than my children are growing up. And there's good and there's bad um, in each place, correct? But one of the things that, that I'm sad for my kids in growing up is they'll probably no, never go to um, the sale of cattle. They'll, they'll probably never be involved um, in going to a sale like that and the process that leads up to that. Now, I'll tell you this story. I grew up, again, in kind of a rural area, and I had these two iconic figures in my life that I called Pa and Ma. Pa and Ma. Great aunt and great uncle. And Pa was one of those people that was just something ripped straight out of the pages of a movie. Retired Marine, only wore uh, overalls, smoked a pipe. I can still remember walking into their back door where my grandmother lives in that house now and smelling that smell of a pipe. I'm not condoning anything, I'm just saying had positive experiences of that. And I was, uh, I think I was always a city kid at heart. I didn't spend a lot of time out in the field with Pa. But one time, I had an opportunity to go with him as he was going to sell cattle. And you start out in the field, and you have to get cows to get in the trailer. You got to get cows to walk into a trailer. And you might think, well, Wayne, that's not that hard of a thing. You just open up the door, maybe the cattle will go in there. That's not at all what happens. Not at least in my experience, my one shot at it. Um, The cattle are in kind of a wide open space pen. And it's your job to walk out through there and kind of, they are scared. They are kind of terrified animals, at least in my experience this one time. But, But they're in no hurry to leave this kind of large pen 
to go into this narrower gate that then leads to a trailer. And you might say, well, maybe for good reason. Maybe they know what's going to happen at the other end of the ride. ride. But I thought about that this week, and I thought about that experience of walking around and trying to herd these obstinate cattle into this trailer, into this confined space they didn't want to go into for this ride. Jesus' words to us here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, toward the end, turn toward the topic of obedience. Application. And Jesus is going to remind us in several different ways of what it looks like for us to obey and live into the Sermon on the Mount and not just say, well, wasn't that cute? Wasn't that wonderful? We kind of sat around and thought about this great sermon, but then we're going to leave with no intention to actually live it. And here toward the end, Jesus gets into the fact that he does really intend for us, as his followers, to understand what he has taught us in the Sermon on the Mount and then put it into practice. And the imagery he gives us here early on is not this imagery that gives us warm fuzzies, is it? I was at the baseball field yesterday. You're like, of course. Apparently that's the only place you ever hang out. And a mom was sitting beside me and she said, what's the sermon about tomorrow? Ooh. Well, actually it's about uh, there's a broad gate and an easy way that leads to destruction. And there's a narrow gate and a hard way that leads to life. Turns our attention back to the baseball game. (laughs) It's a tough message, is it not? Um, Most of us can relate to the people gathered there on the hillside, perhaps listening to this sermon. And Jesus really powerfully upends and turns over a lot of things that you and I take for granted about what it means to be blessed about how seriously you and I ought to take sin in our lives and root it out, about not judging other people um, with a different standard than we want to be judged with ourselves. And all along the way, Jesus teaches us these things that, if we're honest, initially they feel hard. They feel hard. And they go against kind of our natural inclinations toward life, if we're honest. That you and I kind of think we know what we're doing most of the time. And even we have this sneaky suspicion inside that that there's church life and church world, and, and that's nice to sit around and hold hands and talk about that stuff, but we know how the world really works. We know how things really get done in the world. And we go out into the world, and you and I, if we're not careful, we're prone to live in a way that's just like everybody else who's never made that confession, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Which means what Jesus says goes for us. And the life that he calls us to, it's not really up to debate that you and I aren't um, in the position where we can use Jesus as a spiritual advisor, and we say, yeah, I'll take a little bit of that, a little bit of that, but that, mm." 
much like a couple stands here and makes vows to each other because they're going to have to go out and live in a world and live into those vows, you and I make confessions of faith like Jesus is Lord, and then it's our job to go out and live into that confession of faith. In a world that's sometimes hostile to such confessions, in a world that sometimes doesn't encourage such faith. Jesus, here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, says, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, and you fulfill the law and the prophets. Treat other people in exactly the same way that you'd want to be treated. That's a hard call upon your life. To lay down your life in the same way that you have others lay down their life for you and to believe that in so doing you will find joy in life that you can't find when you're being selfish and everything's about you. And then he says, there's a really wide gate to an easy path. I was having lunch just the other day with um, a friend and we're talking about my new house and jogging around my new neighborhood. My old neighborhood was great. It was flat. It's a good place to jog or walk. Um, my, new, my new house, I, I feel like I've got that uphill both ways to school thing happening. I'm not sure where the level path of the downhill is where I live now. And I would every time choose the flat place to jog, would I not? I would choose the easy path. But ultimately, those hills can be good for me. Maybe a little bit stronger if they don't kill me first. And I might find a joy in that that I didn't know otherwise. Jesus says, the truth of the matter is you got a narrow gate and a hard way. But guess what? It leads to life. It leads to that which is truly life. And that broad gate and that easy way that you think will satisfy the desires of your heart only will lead you to destruction. And don't we see it around us everywhere? We see it around us everywhere and we keep making the same silly choices over and over again thinking that we'll find life and all we experience ultimately is destruction. Being in church this morning probably was not easy for you, perhaps. I look around at some of you with young children. I just hope you got here without saying anything that you had to confess for already in church. You had 5,000 things in other places that you could be pulling at you in 5,000 different directions, and being here is not the easiest thing that you could choose. God's given you resources, financial resources that you can steward however it is that you choose. God does not make you steward your resources to further his kingdom in this place. He doesn't make you. And there could be a part of you that says, you know, I think I'll, I think I'll keep that. I think I'll use this for this or that or my own things or my own desires, my own hopes and dreams. Being engaged in Sunday school classes and deep fellowship in small groups, not easy. 
increasingly hard. Making time to grow in your faith with the Lord, not easy. But I have the privilege of ministering in a church that's um, buried in age. Some of you are like, be careful. The younger of us uh, and older of us. And here's the thing that I can tell you without reservation and watching life happen for 15 years almost in the same place. Is that as you make those decisions in life and what you commit yourself to and what you give yourself to, that, that when you get to that twilight, that evening season of your life, if along the way that you've given yourself to God's plans and his purposes in life, what you're going to find as you look back is this joy that comes from giving yourself to something bigger than just your hopes, goals, and dreams. And there's going to be this community of faith there around you to walk with you through what will ultimately be probably some of the hardest days that you go through. But you don't do it alone because you've done this hard work of uniting yourself with a group of people who are also seeking to do that along the way. Or in your marriage, committing yourself to one person until you die. Is it always easy? No. Certainly I could get some call and response, something like that, even in a Baptist church. You can choose the broad path to go out there and do your thing. Or you can live into the obedience of what God calls you to, believing that even when you think it's death, it really is life. That there's something better than the broad path that's crowded with all these people. And it's the path of obedience. And it's always been our challenge. I read, I'm reading Deuteronomy right now. And at the end of Deuteronomy, do you know what Moses says to the people? He says, I'm presenting to you two options. There's death from disobedience. And there's life from obedience. And then Moses says what? Choose life. Choose life. And I think Christ comes to us in a similar way in his Sermon on the Mount. And he says, I got two options for you here. And one of them will feel easy in the short run. One of them you think will fulfill the desires of your heart. But let me just tell you that ultimately it leads to destruction. And I got this other path of discipleship that begins with faith in Christ and it flows into this this attempt within a community of faith by the power of the Spirit to walk in obedience, and sometimes it's going to be hard. Uphill both ways hard, like real hard. But I want you to, I want you to believe me that ultimately this path will lead to joy and to life. So you and I have choices to make. And the Lord's not going to make you choose either way. Broad, easy path that leads to destruction, or the narrow, hard, rewarding gate that leads to life. And I pray in my life increasingly that I would be a more obedient, willing to follow cattle. <laughs> I'd follow like a sheep following the shepherd who's laid down his life for me. 
And I wouldn't be so obstinate and hard-headed, and I would experience the abundant life that he would have for me to know. And I pray that for you. If you're going to college, pray that for you, that you would yield yourself to God's plans and purposes in your life, and don't be hard-headed. Trust his will and his way for you. And wherever you are in the spectrum of life, know that Christ lovingly calls us to a path of obedience that leads to life. I invite you, if you would, to pray with me. God, we thank you for your word. And Jesus, we thank you that you love us enough to tell us the truth. That you love us enough to call us into the path of discipleship that sometimes we are we are so hard-headed and we're so wise in our own eyes that we will not follow your lead. So Lord, we pray that you would create in us a heart that's increasingly willing to yield ourselves to your plans and your purposes, trusting that even the hard seasons ultimately are better than anything that we could have or experience apart from you. We pray that you wouldn't allow us to waste our lives on easy things, but you would graciously call us to a better and a higher and a harder way for your glory and for our good. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.